traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Richard! Richard! Oh, are we on? Welcome to the Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. Hey, welcome to, uh, I'm going to start calling this show Radio Free Canada. Uh, news and notes from the underground. Uh, I'm not kidding. I may have to start communicating via Morse code from my bunker or maybe smoke signals. Uh, maybe I'll just take a, a, a wrench and bang on the pipes, bang it out in Morse code. And that's how you'll have to listen. Or, or you could, I, su I suppose, you could start making cassette recordings of this program and passing them around surreptitiously. Uh, remember cassettes? Jody, you don't remember cassettes, do you? You remember cassettes. Cool. Okay. I don't know how much longer the point is. I don't know how much longer uh, I can uh, continue this. I'm only half kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding at all. Uh, did you see? I'll give you an example. Did you see where PayPal just deplatformed Rebel News? That's right. After six years of doing business with PayPal, no warning, no explanation. They canceled Rebel News. That's it's going to make it very difficult, obviously, for Rebel News to to uh, transact. And this is where everything is heading. This is where, I, where why I say I'm only just half kidding. Uh, anyway, after uh, six years. Wow. Uh, I was hoping to speak with Ezra Levant, the founder of Rebel News, about this. Uh, he's unavailable today, but we'll uh, we'll get him on with us early next week, probably Tuesday to address it. In the meantime, I'm hoping uh, we can play a little uh, audio of uh, Ezra. Uh, we'll talk to we'll, uh, we'll we'll play that later this hour. I do a fair bit of business with PayPal. I could well uh, I could very well be next. Uh, Lou and I were talking about line five yesterday. And I've been talking about it for some weeks now. This is the, the pipeline that carries Alberta crude oil through Michigan and under the Great Lakes to a uh, refinery in, Sar in Sarnia, which uh, Governor Whitmer of Michigan uh, has ordered closed. She told Enbridge, which operates the uh, the pipeline, to shut it down on May 
12th. Look at your calendar. That's five days from now. What's the big deal, you say? Well, this pipeline ferries over half of Ontario's daily crude oil requirements. And overnight, it could be gone. Likely will be. Two-thirds of Quebec's crude oil. Dan McTeague uh, from Canadians for Affordable Energy will be here to discuss this hour. Uh, When the uh, Trudeau government put out its list of domestic terrorist groups, of course, they focused on what they call the uh, the extreme right, the white supremacists, the Proud Boys, which, to my mind, are not even really a thing in Canada. I was not aware that there were any Proud Boy uh, Proud Boys uh, cells up here in Canada. In the U.S., of course, it's a thing. Many of their leaders, though, though down there, are Latino. Yet, of course, they're considered uh, white supremacists. Anyway, who was left off the list of domestic terrorists in Canada? Surprise, surprise. A truly violent, radical left group, Antifa. Why were they left off? Well, we'll discuss with uh, Candace Malcolm, the founder and editor-in-chief of True North, will be here. We'll also have uh, little heroes and villains and hypocrisy much. And then in the uh, the second hour, oh, uh, before I forget, Friday. It's Friday, which means a visit from the Lim Riddler. So be listening for this week's clues just before the news at five. And uh, try and solve this week's Lim Riddle and then be listening just before six o'clock when I reveal the answers and uh, the name of this week's winners. Yesterday was National Prayer Day in the United States, and typically they have a national prayer breakfast. Religious leaders uh, gather for breakfast with the president and other administration officials. In fact, a friend of mine, uh, Jonathan Kahn, who is a a pastor down in New Jersey of a very large church. He was uh, selected several years ago during the Obama administration to deliver the prayer at the presidential national prayer breakfast. So anyway, yesterday, yesterday, President Biden, during his national prayer day proclamation, omitted a rather important word during his speech. What do you suppose that word was? God. That's right. God. How do you talk about National Prayer Day and not use the word God? So by contrast, President Trump on his last National Prayer Day proclamation mentioned God eight times in this short address. Even President Barack Obama on his last National Prayer Day proclamation mentioned God twice. And yet, President uh, President Biden omitted the word entirely. Uh, Carl Gallups is the pastor at Hickory Hammock Baptist Church down in Florida. He was asked actually to deliver the opening prayer at a rally for Trump in uh, Florida during the 2016 election. And anyway, he'll be here in uh, hour two as well to discuss National Prayer Day and why President Biden might have omitted the word God. Uh, A few weeks ago, we had a conservative MP on the program. Uh, She introduced, I think that's uh, Catherine Wagenthal. And uh, she introduced a private member's bill to ban the practice of sex selection abortion. That's pretty reasonable, right? Even the majority of pro-choice individuals, I believe, uh, are in favor of banning abortion based on sex selection. Just because, you know, you find out your unborn child is a girl and you wanted a boy, that's not a legitimate reason to have an abortion. I think most people, even feminists... Would 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 uh, would be on board with that? Well, 
We know that Justin Trudeau will not support such a ban. Neither will his party. They're not allowed to. Even Aaron O'Toole, the leader of the pretend conservative party, has stated he will not vote in favor of such a ban. So I believe even China, communist China, one of the most oppressive regimes in history has banned this practice. That leaves only Canada and, wait for it, North Korea, which allow sex selection abortions. Uh, Scott Hayward, co-founder of Right Now, will be here. The uh, anti-abortion crusader and defender of rights for the unborn will be in our feature guest segment. So there you have it. PayPal canceling Rebel News. Governor Whitmer is canceling Line 5. Uh, but try and cancel Lou Skeezus. Try and take Lou from us, from my go- my cold, dead hands, Lou. How are you? Did they cancel Lou? They've canceled Lou. You see what happened? <laughs> oh, there you are. Thank God, Lou. I thought they canceled you. I Not thought yet. they got to you. I oh, thought they you, got to oh, you. It was just the video. You couldn't see me in your window there. There you are. Well, thank God. They haven't come from you yet. Well, they will. You know, and I'm hoping that when I get sent to the re-education camp, you and I will share the same hut. <laughs> yes yes we have that to look forward to that's right i've already i've already started you know collecting color swatches to figure out you know which color i'm going to paint my cell yeah and who's gonna are we gonna organize like some tunnels like the great escape that's right that's right great movie great movie yeah well we may be uh trying to figure out what to do with all the dirt right you know, people, you know, it sounds like we're joking around. And I guess we are only because if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. But this is, you know, this is getting kind of scary. Rebel oh, News absolutely. canceled by PayPal. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I wake up every morning and I check to see if I'm still online and if I still have a digital footprint and whether I've been canceled. I do a lot of business with PayPal. Yeah, I don't do any. I'm, uh, I never really picked up on the e-commerce thing. Yeah, I just didn't like the profile of it. You know, I'm a cash and carry guy. Right. I want to go. I want to touch it. I want to look at it. I want to examine it to make sure it meets my uh, my needs. Well, I'm the same way. But, you know, a lot of my uh, my clients in the U.S., they Mm -hmm. deal with PayPal and that's the way they do business. So, you know, I really don't have much of a choice in the matter. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, whenever your clients tell you this is the way you're going to get paid, you're going to line up that way. Or you're not going to get paid. Simple as that, right? We're we're simply going to have to, you know, band together and form a a new a new type of platform. Uh, This is what Dr. Steve Turley is talking about, uh, who I've had on the program, building a parallel society. Because obviously, the radical left they don't want to coexist with us. I think we could coexist with them, but they won't let us. They won't leave us alone. So we're going to have to build our own platforms. Well, you're troublesome, right? You're just like a bother. You're a bother. I am. It's distracting them, you know, whenever they get distracted, that means there's, you know, less time to sack the Treasury and grease their friends. Right. So as soon as you're quiet, they're not distracted anymore. All right. Well, I'm not going to shut up, Lou. I don't suspect you will either. Are you ready for a little German word of the day? I've been looking forward till this moment, my friend. Go ahead. Right. Lay it on me. All right. Jody, please. A little music. OK. Our German word of the day is Erbunstrila. Erbunstrila. 
There you go. Did you like the pronunciation? I worked hard I, on that. I love it. And you know what I was thinking as you were saying is I can't wait till you string a bunch of German words of the day together to make a sentence, a German sentence of the day. Maybe I'll put a, a KTEL best of the German word of the day a record together. All right. <laughs> Erbenstrila. It means literally a pea counter, like a bean counter, a pea counter, a nitpicker, Lou, someone who's constantly concerned with insignificant details. I think we all have an Erbenstrila in our lives. Absolutely. And the best thing you can do with them is uh, say, listen, I got to run. Let me know how, how you get with that and move on. <laughs> all right. I got to run. Nothing personal, run. Lou. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk at five, my friend. Happy capitalism. All right. 55% of Ontario's daily crude oil supply could be shut down on May 12th. That's the day Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer has ordered Enbridge to stop operating the cross-border pipeline known as Line 5. More on that in three minutes. Welcome back to The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. All right, welcome back. So, the Line 5 pipeline... Ferries, Alberta crude oil, uh, natural gas through Michigan beneath the Great Lakes waterway known as the Straits of Mackinac to refineries in Sarnia and uh, Ontario, uh, of course, and beyond uh, delivers more than half of the crude oil used in Ontario. 66% of what gets consumed in Quebec. Just think about that. This is serious stuff. The governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, has uh, ordered Enbridge, the energy company that operates the pipeline, to shut it down by May 12th. That's five days. Five days from now. So what could this mean for Ontario? What could it mean for you? We're uh, awaiting the arrival of Dan McTeague, president for uh, or of Canadians for Affordable Energy. Uh, he's to join us to discuss. So the Canadian ambassador to the United States says, no, no, not to worry. Not to worry. This isn't going to put uh, our energy security at risk. This isn't going to be a threat to our uh, our national energy needs. And um, I don't know how she could say something something like this. Kristen Hillman is the uh, the ambassador. She says, "I think it's important. It's an important dispute or disagreement that exists between Enbridge and the state of Michigan that needs to be taken very seriously, and we're taking it very seriously. I love how they we're monitoring the situation. Meanwhile, the clock is ticking here. And uh, so again, you know, this carries uh, crude oil from Western Canada. Once it hits Ontario, most of the crude oils turned into fuels that meet almost fifty percent of the province's." fuel demands. And uh, the remainder of the supply is sent on to Quebec, where uh, to refineries there through something called Line 9, where it provides 40 to 50% of that province's fuel supply. So again, um, Whitmer basically is saying that uh, her top priority is to, is to defend the Great Lakes, which are vital to Michigan's economy. And uh, yes, of course, the Great Lakes are important. 350,000 jobs in Michigan. But um, I understand, you know, there are some environmental concerns. Line 5 is is pretty old. It's around 67 years old. And, and some claim it's a ticking time bomb. And, you know, imagine what will happen if that, that line were to burst. The ecological damage to the Great Lakes. And many of the, uh, the First Nations peoples in Ontario are siding with, with uh, Mayor uh, Whitmer. 
Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. But again, we've got uh, five days, five days and counting before line five is uh, shut down. Uh, do we have Dan McTeague here? We're still waiting for. Oh, there is Dan. Hey, Dan, how are you? Good to be here, Richard. Thanks for having me. Dan McTeague, president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. So I'm just trying to figure out here, you know, um, considering all the different options and so forth. Uh, is there any concern? that the the pipeline which is like 67 years old they're, they're saying it's a ticking time bomb it could be an you know it could spell ecological disaster for the great lakes any truth to that dan there's truth to the fact that pipelines leak and if that's the case then america should immediately cease and desist the over 17 million miles of pipelines that it has fully 15 times more pipelines than canada has so if we're going to go down that road let's uh, let's be fair and say we should we eliminate all pipelines. This one happens to be one that, uh, as far as the uh, its crossing of the sensitive area of, uh, separating Lake Michigan from Huron, the Strait of Mackinac, uh, has never had an incident. There has never been a leak, and there's a good reason for that. It's been well maintained. But beyond that, uh, Richard, you're looking at a scenario where the the encasement, uh, the pipes that are going across there, are the thickest pipelines that we have anywhere in the world. There is no pipeline anywhere around the world, even the ones that run into the South Arabian seas, uh, you know, subjected to salt, uh, don't have this problem. And of course, we know that the company itself has said that they're going to tunnel it and has received partial approval, but again, being held up. I think we err on the side of caution, which the company has done as far as that section of the pipeline is concerned. But yes, pipelines leak, but no less than uh, why we built that pipeline in the first place, because traveling this on the Great Lakes, uh, we saw many disasters in the 1940s of ships that sank with oil on them. So this is uh, it's 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 it, we need to be mindful of its impact. But I think we can't overstate uh, or try to mitigate the fact that this is an important uh, piece of infrastructure, not just economic, but environmentally uh, with a pretty sound track record. So what do you make of Kristen uh, Hillman, our ambassador, Canadian ambassador to the United States, who says this is not the shutdown is not a threat to our national energy security. Fifty five percent of Ontario's energy needs or crude oil needs, rather crude oil needs every day. Uh, what do you make of what she's saying? Well, I think she's off base. But that's nuts. And uh, when you have, look, you would have a scenario that would develop very quickly uh, where propane 
and gasoline could not be produced, where diesel could not be produced, uh, certainly efficiently or effectively. If 55% of your feedstock is somehow diverted or taken away suddenly, uh, it would be months, if not years, before you were able to get around that. And I think that's one of the tragedies that is unfolding here, is that we're seeing an example of uh, uh, where people are trying to mitigate, undermine, and uh, really uh, dumb down the idea that some this isn't that important an issue. If it wasn't that important, I, I assure you, Michigan wouldn't be very working very hard as far as the Democrats and the governor there in terms of trying to shut it down. Dan, could you stick with us uh, through the break and uh, hold on for another segment? Wonderful. Dan McTigg from uh, Canadians for Affordable Energy will continue to talk about the looming shutdown of Line 5 in Michigan when the Richard Serrett Show continues. Stay with us. The Bull Session continues on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. Hey, Richard Serrett here, along with the wilderness doc, Cass Ingram. I keep hearing about how black seed oil is good for so many things, Cass. Tell me more. It's huge for the heart and also the digestion and elimination. Plus, the skin was Nefertiti's beauty secret. So then if you have skin conditions, use the black seed oil topically and internally. And for your heart, lungs, kidneys, digestive system, wonderful capsules are available with fennel and cumin. Check your local health food store or the oil. Just take a teaspoon every day. This is the same thing to take daily so you don't get sick so you keep your heart good and you stay strong in your digestive tract skin renal support and more freshly cold pressed black seed oil from north american urban spice available at fine health food stores across the gta order online at oregano.com that's o-r-e-g-a-n-o-l 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 cold pressed black seed oil from oregano.com and we're back with Dan McTeague, the president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. And we're talking about the looming shutdown of Line 5, the pipeline that carries crude oil from the oil patch out west into Ontario, Quebec and beyond. And uh, so, Dan, what is your sense? Is is this shutdown going to take place? Will there be some last minute intervention by the, the feds? What's going to happen May 12th? I think the feds have tried to intervene and uh, the Biden administration has said no. I mean, Gretchen Whitmer isn't a small player in terms of uh, the 50 states. She happens to be vice chair, one of four of the Democratic uh, National Committee. So she's very powerful, very influential. And it's a constituency, uh, green constituency that supported Mr. Biden. So I don't suspect that the federal government is going to get anywhere with them. This is going to be determined by courts in the United States. So that means that no, we're not going to see a shutdown next Wednesday. What we're going to see is that Enbridge will be officially told that there's six, there's a six month period uh, in which to get their act together and shut it down is now over, and they're operating in violation of the ordinance by the uh, by the state. What it does mean is that any time a court can make a decision, and we don't know how that uh, ball is going to bounce. If it does wind up being a situation in the dead of winter next year, where we see a full closure of that pipeline, uh, which is imminent, then I suspect that what we're going to have to start to do is tell our manufacturers no more propane to run your tow motors to to uh, to run your warehouses we're going to have to tell canadians that there is no more diesel for trains planes and automobiles pearson airport will have no fuel and there isn't really a lot of other viable contingencies one of the things that's often said to me is oh well we can bring it in by vessel from other parts around the world yeah you can do that but uh, unfortunately vessels on the uh, seaway have to shut down four months of the year because we close the locks both at welland uh, and uh, further back up at uh, lachine so I suspect that uh, we're probably hoping this doesn't happen, but hope is a terrible strategy when you see how important 540,000 barrels of oil into the Ontario-Quebec market really 
be is anybody who thinks that uh, pipelines don't matter are about to experience something the likes of which we've never seen rationing and higher prices for just about everything. What about the uh, the transit pipeline treaty we have with the United States, which has been around for about 45 years? It's supposed to allow for the uninterrupted flow of energy. Yeah, I think that was signed at a time when Americans were more interested in getting access to Canadian energy than Canadians getting access to the American market. Uh, a lot has changed. The United States has become self-sufficient, but it does need heavy oil. Uh, and we also know uh, the United States has a pretty capricious track record when it comes to treaties. If it's in their interest, they'll keep doing it. If it's not in their interest, they'll abrogate. And they've done this in so many other areas. I'm not going to get into the whole international technical foreign affairs debates between what uh, uh, what treaties it observes and doesn't observe. We've just finished years uh, with uh, President Trump, who abrogated many of them. So. I am not thinking that that's really the fallback position you want. The fallback position is the Energy East pipeline built, the one that we scuppered because the Liberals decided to overregulate and decided to tell TransCanada that the existing pipeline, it's already there, uh, is not something that uh, it gets social license in Quebec. I don't really care about Quebec at this point. The pipeline is already built well into Ontario. If we were working on that right now, our solution would be very close at hand. We wouldn't need the Americans and we wouldn't have to deal with the politics of Michigan, Democrat and green politics as it's evolving in the United States. What about jobs? Uh, we've got direct jobs, of course, at the refinery in Sarnia. Uh, and then we've got, you know, adjacent jobs and also, you know, oil patch uh, workers in Alberta and Saskatchewan. How many jobs are going to be negatively in- impacted? Directly, probably 10 to 15,000. That's more than what we have in Sarnia because there's a petrochemical side to this. There's also, of course, the plastics industry, the vinyl industry, the manufacturing industry. I mean, these things are ethanes, plastics, uh, all sorts of other products that are derived from uh, the process of refining oil uh, are brought into higher value added in a time we're fighting a pandemic, for instance, uh, you don't make ventilators out of hemp, you make them out of oil and you make them out of products, byproducts of, uh, of fossil fuels. Uh, I tend to think that if there's going to be also a shutdown of the transportation sector, half the trucks will not have fuel. Uh, the uh, pilots will not have fuel to fly their planes out of Pearson. That infrastructure is a secondary effect that could mean tens, if not hundreds of thousands of jobs affecting us right here where I am now, of course, in Halton and you and Peel. So uh, um, Seamus O'Regan, the um, the minister who, who moves from one portfolio to another portfolio, bungling and making one mess after another, is our natural resources minister. Does this does this the, the buck drop stop with him? Is, is he the one that that uh, messed this up or is it the, the, the prime minister? Or? Uh, Richard, I had been in my previous work at uh, Gas Buddy, um, worked uh, to work with uh, emergency management officials across the United States, we would uh, launch what was called back then the outage tracker. So when people are trying to get out of harm's way in places like Florida with an advancing hurricane, they would actually know where they get gasoline. So all of the, through FEMA uh, and through NEMA in the United States, we would hear from officials from all states. The one from Michigan and Ohio would regularly and annually pull me aside and say, how successful are are you getting your your government, your liberal and their liberals? Uh, and how successful are you getting in the media to, to pay attention to this? And I said, not at all. I, I've raised it a thousand times. No one wants to bite. It's too far down the road. Well, we're now five days away. And so I think, uh, you know, the, the prime minister didn't play this very well. I think he took far too much time. Seamus used to come to me when he was at CBC, uh, CTV uh, to talk about energy and energy disposition. So he hasn't called me for my advice, which I would have gladly given him to get off his duff more than a year ago uh, or whoever his pre- his predecessor was. But the reality is we still talk about the great reset and the green recovery. Listen, we have a crisis on our hands. It's evolving right before us. We need to redouble our efforts and uh, support this industry 
and make sure that we keep the oil flowing. If not, shut down your Canadian economy, especially here in Eastern Canada. Oh boy, pretty dire. All right, uh, Dan, thank you so much for your time and we'll keep on top of this and talk again soon. Great to be here. Thanks, Richard. Dan McTagg, president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. Back with more of the program. Stay with us. Just having a little chin wag on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Heroes and villains. All right. Welcome back. Well, this to me is just chilling and it's just the beginning or perhaps it's the middle of the beginning or the end of the beginning. I'm not sure. But uh, PayPal has canceled or deplatformed Rebel News. This is the largest independent news organization in the country. They do a lot of transactions through PayPal. They're really quite reliant upon PayPal. And uh, Ezra Levant made the announcement uh, on social media. Let's have a listen. PayPal, the online credit card processor, just cut off Rebel News. I really need your help. I hate to say it, but this could actually destroy us. We use PayPal to process a million dollars a year. That covers half our staff payroll. This could force us to lay off staff, which obviously we must not do. We just hired some great new reporters. We're doing our most important work ever, both our journalism and our civil liberties work. I'm not just worried about Rebel News. We currently fundraise for civil liberties lawyers to help more than a thousand low-income people who have received lockdown tickets. PayPal banning us would harm our ability to keep our promise to these people. Why is PayPal doing that? PayPal has been very strange lately. We've had a six-year business relationship with them processing more than 150,000 transactions, totaling more than $8 million. We're a big client, but with no notice at all. They just breached the contract. They ambushed us. They sent us a form letter by email after business hours on a Friday night before the weekend. It wasn't even signed by anyone. It had no contact info. There was no way to appeal it, no explanation. It just said we were canceled. You can see that email for yourself at saverebelnews.com. It's quite something. Go there to see it. They say we violated their terms of service, but they didn't say how or when or or what section. Uh, They didn't suggest how to fix whatever the problem might be. I've read their terms of service carefully. That's our contract with them. It says we can't use PayPal to sell things like drugs or weapons or stolen property, things like that. We don't do anything even close to that. We're a news site and we work with a civil liberties charity. We simply never broke PayPal's rules ever. And they've never before said we have. And then on a Friday night, they simply cut off our business immediately. No explanation, nothing. That's cancel culture. And it's also an attack on thousands of our customers who are PayPal users and their rights too. On Monday, we had our lawyer write a friendly letter to PayPal, assuming this was just a mistake, giving them the benefit of the doubt. And I kept quiet about it publicly. Look, mistakes do happen, but it seemed odd. We're a preferred customer because we do so many transactions with them. They give us favorable rates. We've never had a problem in six years. Our lawyers emailed PayPal's head office in the U.S., and also their Canadian branch several times. I posted one of our lawyer's letters at saverebelnews.com. You can read it for yourself there. I encourage you to do so. But it's been nearly a week and they haven't even acknowledged receipt of our letters. Our lawyers have phoned and left messages and they haven't got a call back. Our accountant actually got through to a PayPal call center and they just said we'd be receiving an explanation by email within 24 hours. It's been days and it hasn't come. Look, we're bleeding thousands of dollars a day because of this. 
This is not a mistake. It's a cancel culture attack on the largest independent news agency in Canada. It's censorship. A credit card processing company has decided to illegally and unethically breach its contract with us, leaving us high and dry on a Friday night because we're conservative. And although PayPal was actually created by freedom-loving entrepreneurs like Peter Thiel and Elon Musk, they don't run it anymore. Its corporate culture has been colonized by woke political activists who believe in censorship and deplatforming. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. There you go. Ezra Levant, founder of Rebel News and uh, obviously PayPal. Uh, gets the uh, the villain uh, sticker today. All right. Another fine independent news organization, True North, broke a, a story. It turns out, file this under the suspicions confirmed uh, file, I guess. The Trudeau government even uh, didn't even consider any violent left wing protest groups uh, associated with urban riots and bombings when it compiled its annual list of banned terrorist groups. Uh, Candace Malcolm, editor in chief and uh, co-founder of uh, True North will be with us coming up shortly in about three minutes. Stay with us. Let's rejoin the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. Hey, welcome back. So it turns out that the Trudeau government and the Ministry of Public Safety didn't even consider any, any violent left wing protest groups uh, when it compiled its annual list of banned terrorist groups. Uh, this was discovered by our good friends at True North News and the founder and editor-in-chief Candace Malcolm joins us now. Hello, Candace. Oh, Let hi me... there. I'm oh, here now, Richard. There we are. Hey, Candace. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. So how did you discover that? I mean, we knew we, we saw the list when it came out. And, you know, the Proud Boys, of course, were on there, which I didn't even know was a thing in Canada. Um, of course, we're aware of, uh, you know, Proud Boys down in the United States. But so we saw the list. Uh, but you discovered that they did. There was no consideration given whatsoever to any of these anti uh, or these uh, violent left wing groups like Antifa. How did you discover this? Well, I think anyone who was paying attention when the Trudeau government released that updated uh, watch list in the criminal code for groups that were banned on the terrorist group, uh, you know, they noticed that the the groups on the right were included, but there were none on the left. And anyone who's been paying attention to what's been going on in the world return for the last, you know, five, six years knows that there are violent groups on both ends of the political spectrum. We, we see these, you know, riots play out where there are, you know, right wing extremists and left wing extremists and they get violent. And, you know, Antifa 
is certainly one of those groups that goes out there. They openly advocate for violence as part of their fundamental philosophy is that they believe in what they call direct action. So the fact that they were missing from this list was a little odd. And so we did a bit of digging over at True North, filed a uh, access to information report was filed. And you know, lo and behold, despite listing over a dozen uh, known Antifa groups and affiliates, uh, the, the Department of Public Safety responded back saying that they had no no record, no research was provided to the minister whatsoever, uh, which which goes to show that, you know, the Trudeau government is just turning a blind eye to these left wing radicals that are you know promoting violence on our streets, basically, you know, almost on a weekend by weekend basis. Is that because uh, our federal government believes, as Joe Biden believes, that Antifa is an idea and not actually an organization? Well, who knows? I mean, this is the interesting thing, Richard, is that conservative politicians and politicians on the right routinely condemn violence that occurs on the right. You know, you hear Aaron O'Toole, you hear Jason Kenney, they absolutely condemn it. They, they are, you know, call it reprehensible and distance themselves from it. But these same ideas and groups, you know, it's happening on the left and politicians aren't held to the same standard on the left. You and I uh, both know that. So, so we don't really hear Trudeau being asked to condemn Antifa. I don't really even know what he, what he makes of it, what he believes in it, because he doesn't really talk about it, doesn't address it. And, you know, this, this document really does show that, that there basically is no interest in, on behalf of the liberal government um, in actually you know, being fair, looking at both sides, being clear headed and, and acknowledging that, yes, there are violent left wing groups in Canada. And the document that I propose, promote uh, released today, it showed you know, the names of all these organizations, you can do Google searches and find all kinds of, you know, chaotic, violent uh, news stories, rallies in the news that these groups have been a part of. Well, you you, um, you mentioned a couple of these groups, uh, Resistance Internationalist and uh, uh, another group is Hamilton Against Fascism. What kind of activities have these two groups been involved with? Well, the first one you mentioned, I mean, this is just absolutely bizarre because this group, Resistance Internationaliste, uh, they're a French group. They operate in Montreal and they have claimed responsibility, Richard, for at least three bombings. They bombed car bomb. They bombed a car uh, of an executive who worked in the oil and gas industry back in 2004. Uh, they blew up a car that was right outside of a Canadian forces recruitment center. So, you know, we're, we're not just talking about run of the mill vandals or you know people who show up at rallies. You know, we're, we're talking about serious criminals and people who in all likelihood should be listed as terrorists, or at least, you know, if we're going to start considering these domestic uh, you know, hooligans that go out and, and do these kind of activities, if we're going to be calling them terrorists, which Trudeau has for groups on the right, um, surely these groups on, on the left should probably be classified in the same way. 100%. And uh, Hamilton against fascism, have they also been involved in any sort of criminal activity? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, back in 2018, uh, the ringleader of that group was arrested and, uh, you know, court, Ontario court uh, heard heard the case and he was he was convicted of, of a number of charges. He he led a group of some uh, 40 uh, masked vandals all wearing black, as they typically do. Um, and, and he he was he was uh, charged and found guilty uh, of that. So, you know, they they were basically inciting a riot. Um, they vandalized property. They, they caused damage over $5,000. And so uh, that individual went to prison over, over his actions. And yet again, you know, here we have the Trudeau government just basically ignoring it altogether. 
All right. Well, and, uh, you know, never mind them. Let's focus on the Proud Boys who, uh, you know, as, as I said, I, I wasn't even aware that they were a thing in Canada. Uh, Candace, as always, uh, great work. Thank you for everything that you do. All right. Thanks for having me on, Richard. Candace Malcolm, founder, editor-in-chief, True North. All right. All you wordsmiths, pay attention. First, we filled your mind. Now, let's twist it. This is <laughs> The Limb Riddler. All right. It's that time of the week, folks. Let's bring back The Limb Riddler. How are you, my friend? Great, Richard. How you doing? Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday. We made it. We made it. <laughs> All right. So uh, once again, very quickly, how do these limb riddles work? Oh, I can't figure it out. Oh, the limb riddle, it's basically a riddle in the form of a limerick. And the object is to solve for just one word. So I'm going to read the limb riddle, but it's often easier to solve if you can read along with me. So um, if you're not a subscriber, go to the limriddles.com webpage uh, now and you'll see it right on uh, right in front of you read along with me uh, and by by the way while you're there you can subscribe um, of course if you're if you are a subscriber the limriddle just landed in your email box uh, today's limriddle has five clues so if you know the answer email it right away to info at limriddles.com Oh, and put 960, as in Saga 960, in the subject line, and that way you'll know that the winners heard it here on the, the, the program. Right on. Okay. Today's limb riddle is entitled Emily's Etiquette, and it goes like this. Emily's etiquette wasn't surpassed. In UK elections, it's first to get passed. The mailboxes mount, record an account, if texts arrive first, which delivery is last? Ah, all right. One more time very quickly, Lim Riddler. Okay. Emily's etiquette wasn't surpassed. In UK elections, it's first to get passed. The mailboxes mount, record an account. If texts arrive first, which delivery is last? All right. Send your answers to info at limriddles.com. Put 960 in the subject line. Be listening just before the news at six when I announce the the answer to this week's Lim Riddle and uh, also announce the names of the winners. Good luck, Lim Riddler. We'll talk again next week. Have a great weekend, Richard. Bye for now. All right. Bye for now. The Lim Riddler. <laughs> Solve this puzzle. The Lim Riddler. Friday at 4.50 on The Richard Serrett Show on Saga 960 AM. All right, hour two awaits. Stay with us. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Hey, Richard! Hello, yes. Can I help you? Richard! The Richard Serrett Show continues on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. Hey, welcome back to Hour 2. Hey, don't forget, we just had the uh, the Limb Riddler drop by with uh, today's or this week's clues for this week's Limb Riddle. I'll announce the answer to the Limb Riddle and also announce the names of the winners. 
for this week's riddle just before the news at six o'clock. That happens every Friday, limriddles.com. If you missed the clues, you can go. They've been posted now. Also, uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago, we had MP Kathy Kathy Wagenthal, a conservative MP from uh, Yorkton, Melville, I believe, out in Saskatchewan. She introduced a private member's bill to ban uh, sex selection abortion. Uh, which seems to be pretty reasonable. And in fact, according to most polls I've seen, even more most pro-choice people are in favor of banning this practice. Imagine uh, deciding to abort a baby because you wanted, let's say, a boy and you find out that it's a girl. Well, um, don't expect this bill to get passed. Not here in in Canada, the Wild West, when it comes to abortion, we have no abortion laws. Uh, And um, there was a, um, a columnist in the Globe and Mail when Kathy Wagenthal proposed this bill, who referred to this bill, again, a very reasonable attempt, um, you know, to instill some sanity in uh, in the abortion uh, arena, I guess, if you will. Uh, this uh, columnist referred to this as an example of the stinking albatross uh, around the neck of the conservatives. Uh, hardly a stinking albatross. Again, this just shows how out of touch not only the mainstream media uh, are, but even uh, most politicians when it comes to. Uh, abortions and 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 the values are changing in this country. They are slowly uh, but surely, which is a good thing. Anyway, uh, Scott Hayward is co-founder of Right Now. It's an anti-abortion. Uh, he's an anti-abortion activist and defender of the rights of the unborn. And he'll be in our feature guest segment uh, towards the bottom of this hour. But before we get to all of that, news not in the news. Not in the news. Lou, how are you, my friend? Hey, Lou. Did we just lose Lou? I just saw him there. Okay, here I am. There you are. Hello. Hey, brother, how are you? Uh, you know, meat puppets touching the buttons. <laughs> Should never well, do that. No, no, uh, I, I'm not one to speak. But I, speaking of meat puppets, it turns out, you know, a lot of people call the, uh, the CRA for uh, advice, right? They call their hotline. And it turns out they've done a survey. The CRA, Canada's Revenue Agency, gives bad advice up to 13 percent of the time. And I know that you're shocked and appalled by this. You didn't see this happening. Well, no, I, I, I always recommend, Richard, put Joe the pro or Jane the pro between you and them. Get an accountant. Let the accountant deal with them. Uh, you know, you have questions. Do you really think the people looking to rip strip and dip you into their uh little game really care whether or not they have competent people on the phone come on no but here's you know to add insult to injury so let's say you call one of these cra call centers and you get some advice and it turns out to be the wrong advice bad advice according to cra commissioner bob hamilton the agency isn't even responsible for any financial consequences stemming from bad advice yeah, I would record it. And then if you had the means, I'd take that to court and see what a judge and jury has to say about that. I mean, just because a commissioner says something, I don't think it's written in the statute that mandate the CRA that you can be totally incompetent and walk away with no consequences. I don't know if that would hold up in a court of law. Well, I suppose uh, I I hope not anyway. And so, you know, here you are, you are you're on the hotline. You're in you're waiting in line. The average wait time, apparently, is something like a half an hour. 
And then you end up getting bum advice. You uh, you you operate, you know, you file according to that bad advice and then you get dinged with interest. And they're saying, hey, not our problem. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I would say, again, go to Joe or Jane, the pro to help you with that. And if somebody is giving you advice over the phone, so can you send that to me in writing? Here's my address. There you go. Right? All right. You know, I mean, you got to play defense, right? You got to protect the downside. The upside always takes care of itself. All right. Want to get your response to this announcement to by uh, our uh, good friend Ezra Levant at Rebel News. Uh, you know, people may have one opinion or not, may not like the man, may not like Rebel News. But, uh, you know, if it happens to one news organization, it could happen to another. PayPal has uh, deplatformed them. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I guess it depends on the trans uh, the transgressions that they're asserting. I don't know the case. Right now, I heard Ezra's side, but as you know, Richard, there's always two sides to a story. Right, right. So, I mean, until you hear the other side, uh, I can't really give you a judgment on it. Well, not in this specific case, but you know, we know that this deplatforming is going on with conservative groups. Uh, if it's you know, if it's not Rebel News, it's it's been someone else. There have been other instances. I can't Does it cite it. The True North. No, not that I'm aware of. No. Right. So. I mean, I think that, you know, uh, you can take the case. I mean, Ezra's a lawyer. Lawyer up. Right. Go chase it. If, it, if you think that you've been hard done by. Now, th the thing is, you know, everybody has the right to go and find the clients they want to do business with. Right. So I, I always used to advise people that, you know, you can fire a client as well. Right. It's not just you getting fired. It's you can you can fire your clients, right? Say, listen, I'm I'm done. I you know I never liked you, and now I don't even like your money, and you're done. So I think that you know until I hear both sides of the case, it's all uh, what I would call, or from my experience, it sounds like a special appeal. Please, we're in trouble. Send us more money. That's the side that I'm hearing. Oh well. Um... I guess we'll have to, you know, disagree on that one. I mean, you're right. We don't know the other side, but we have there is a pattern here. There is a pattern with PayPal, even even credit card companies deplatforming simply because they don't like someone's politics. And, uh, you well, know, send us a check, <laughs> personal <laughs> check. How about direct deposit? You can't do that. I, I you know, I have clients. And, you know, in order to uh, pay me, they say, send us an invoice and a, you know, a canceled check and we'll make a direct deposit. Right. Well, so I, you know, I mean, unless the banks are saying we don't want your business either, that's a different story. Well, we're, we're going to we're definitely going to have to build a, a, a parallel infrastructure here when it comes to things like this, uh, you know, for transactions, if this is the case. What about sure. like, you know, President's Choice? They're always looking for business. There you go. All right. Speaking of money, Lou, the Toronto, C <laughs> Toronto City Council has just unanimously voted in support of a motion that will see the city urge the Bank of Canada and the Royal Canadian Mint to replace, quote, white and male politicians on Canada's currency. Uh, to me, this is just, you know, it's another example, of course, of woke culture and, and so forth. But the, the, for me, the, the money is is a place that kind of celebrates our history, our heritage. And uh, I don't know, they're just going to politicize it, of course. And, and what are they going to do? They're going to remove the queen. They're going to remove Sir John A. Macdonald uh, because, you know, uh, there has to be room for Gordy Howe. 
I love it. I love it. But he's too, he's white. Lou. Oh, right. Right. Let me just think, um, you know, I'll have to do some research on it, but let me tell you this, you know, the billfold is going the way of the dodo bird. I don't know how much cash you're touching these days, but nobody wants it. Have you gone to retail at all and tried to do some cash transactions? It's like, oh, my God, that dirty, filthy money. I could die from that. So, well, I mean, I used to be cash and carry. And um, are you familiar with Frank Abignall? That name sounds really familiar. Right. He was the character of the book, uh, Catch Me If You Can. The oh, author. yes, 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 yes. He's now a security expert with the FBI. And you know what he says? He says, stop dealing with cash. Use your credit card. It's backed up. Even if there's fraud involved with that card, you won't have to pay for it. Well, I don't know. I Here's a question for you, because yeah. we have run into this where we go to pay cash at, let's say, the pharmacy, and they've got a little sign there, no cash. And, uh, you know, the mighty Aphrodite gets her back up. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. He says, you have to take it. It's legal tender. It's the law. Is that true? They have to take it? Uh, you can, you know, you can take that to court as well, Richard. It's all a question of how much, you know, how much grit do you want in the machinery of your life? Okay. If I go to merchants and they don't want to take cash, I have to find something they will take or find merchants that will take my cash. But I'm telling you, it's becoming less viable as a transaction medium. Well, you say less grit, but at what point do we say, you know, I will die on this hill? I mean, at at some point we have to take a stand, Lou. Well, I, I think that you need to decide for yourself, you know, how smooth do you want the day to go? I don't know about you, but I'm pretty busy every day. And, you know, I'm in my golden years, as we like to say in the skeezers household. Right. And I'm still busier than ever. Right. So. I, you know, I try and avoid anything that slows me down. If you want to, if you want a credit card in order to sell me something, I'm going to do that. Right. I, you and, know, I, until you, you know, say something on the radio, they don't like Lou. And then they take that away from that's you. That's happened before. They've taken the radio away from me. Right. No, but it's I'm not, saying the, the credit card company says, I don't like what you said on the radio. We're approaching those days these days. I, I don't know if I agree with that at this point. It could happen. But, you know, uh, in time, perhaps, but not at this time. All right. Uh, Let's see. Let me get your uh, take on this as well. The Toronto District School Board is considering allowing LGBTQ students to change their names without parental approval. Again, uh, you know, this is, uh, for me, another red flag. Why why parents should seriously consider homeschooling their kids. This has nothing to do with LGBTQ rights. This has to do with parental supremacy, I guess, when it comes to, you know, the the, the sovereignty of the parent when it comes to children. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I looked at that and I said, well, I guess you can change your name, but it wouldn't be legal. It's just within the school's uh, domain. Right. So I want to be known as X, Y, Z within the school community. You go out onto the street, you want a driver's license. They're only going to issue it Uh, in terms of what's on your birth certificate. So I guess it's a microcosm. That's where what they want to be known in the school community. But in the greater community, they're going to have to go through the legal process of changing their names. Now, when you talk about parental authority, really, you're a father. How much authority do you really have? 
I meant what I guess I meant was parental sovereignty over the over our children. Uh, I, I think that, that that's a sacrosanct. And I and the this is just indicative of, you know, what else is going on behind closed doors? What else are they doing in terms of uh, indoctrination, in terms of, you know, maybe undermining, uh, undermining that bond between between children and, and their parents? That's what's concerning to me. But is it the school that's saying change your name or the kids saying I'd like to change my name within the school community? Well, the children may be saying that, but the the the, stu- the, uh, the the schools are willing to acquiesce without consulting the parents. That's the issue. I think that, you know, you, you look at the parent teacher association in every school, Richard, this would be uh, brought about, you know, in some kind of a forum for discussion within that community. I would hope. I would hope. And I hope parents stand up. All right, Lou. Well, uh, hey, have a great weekend, my friend. We'll talk Monday. Okay, can't wait. Enjoy yours. Happy capitalism. Happy capitalism. All right. When we come back, uh, National Prayer Day yesterday, and President Biden didn't even utter the word God once in his proclamation. We'll have that story for you next. Continuing with the conversation, this is The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. Hey, welcome back. So yesterday was National Prayer Day in the United States, a tradition that uh, dates back to the country's founding uh, with George Washington. They also uh, canceled the National Prayer Breakfast yesterday for the first time, I believe, in 70 years. Here's uh, President Joe Biden's uh, proclamation on National Prayer Day and listen for the omitted word. It is the National Day of Prayer. I want to thank you all for praying for our nation. I join you in these prayers today and every day. I know how much it matters because I've seen the power of prayer in my own life. Like so many of you, prayer has nourished my soul, delivered strength and hope and guidance when I needed it most, and carried me and my family through moments of fathomless grief and despair. It means the world to me to know that there are people across the country who include Jill and me in their prayers. And I hope you know that you and your families are in our prayers as well. Today, I'm praying for the end of this great COVID crisis. All right. There you go. President Biden. Okay, so what was the omitted word? He didn't say the word God once, not once. Contrast that with President Trump, who uttered the word God eight times in his last proclamation. President uh, Obama uh, said the word God twice. Not once, Joe Biden. Was that deliberate? Well, let's find out. Pastor Carl Gallups is a uh, a best-selling Amazon author and the senior pastor at Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida. Hey, Carl, how are you? Hey, doing great, Richard. Thanks for having me on. We would all surprise that President Biden managed to leave the word God out of his National Day of Prayer proclamation yesterday. Yeah, well, you know, on the other side of it, it would be awfully easy for me to say, no, I wasn't surprised at all. But truly, I wasn't just because of the whole atmosphere and flavor. And of course, I, you know, live in the midst of all of this chaos and uh, the whole atmosphere and flavor of the leftist socialist agenda. It doesn't surprise me. And 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 I'm sure, you know, and probably we're going to bring up that uh, he canceled the National Day of Prayer breakfast. And of course, that's predicated upon, well, you know, the security, you know, the 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 breach of the capital back in january and so we have everything uh you know cordoned off with uh with security and it's just it would it would it would maybe violate security measures so for the first time in 70 years 
uh, think of what all has happened during those 70 years and the security that 9-11 and major wars uh, never has it been canceled but you know for this administration for the first time in 70 years canceling the national day of prayer and then of course biden comes on and has a little you know a little pre-recorded diddly about the the day of prayer and as you just said in it totally leaves out eliminates it was eliminated on purpose even the word God, just the generic word God wasn't even mentioned. Right. And you contrast that with President Trump, who last year for the National Day of Prayer, he mentioned God eight times. Correct. Even President Obama mentioned God twice in his last National Correct. Day of Prayer. He did mention prayer a number of times. Do you think someone went through his speech form and actually uh, crossed out God or... How do you think that played out? Well, no, absolutely. I, I, I think, I doubt if he wrote the speech himself at all. I, I'm sure the speech was uh, orchestrated and crafted to sound exactly like it sounded. And and it was, you know, it, it's embarrassing to those of us that are conservative Americans, Christian Americans, and just to listen to him dawdle through it. And I'm not trying to make fun of his elderliness, but he just... He's, it's just sad. It's just sad. I watched it, and, um, uh, it, it, you know, you could tell he was reading it off of a teleprompter. It, it, it sounded like the first time he'd ever seen the words, and I, I'm sure it wasn't, but it sounded that way. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure it was all scripted and written for him by the, by the people that would uh, craft those talking points. It, it's, that's particularly interesting because for most of Biden's career, he has claimed to be a, quote, good Catholic. And, of course, that's highly questionable with his position on abortion and, and now with the uh, Catholic Church, uh, some high officials in the Catholic Church indicating that they would not even serve the Eucharist to, to those politicians who were standing in the pro-abortion camp. So it's just a big conglomerated mess, Richard, but it's indicative of the prophetic times in which we're living. You guys in Canada are dealing with very similar situations, and, and uh, it's a shame that our two sister nations are uh, experiencing this. But the Word of God said that it would happen. And is he telegraphing, or are the people behind him, we should say, telegraphing what's coming up for Christians in America? Well, <laughs> you know, the Word of God telegraphs it, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think probably so. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's just there's so much hanging in the balance. There's always the hand of God. I'm not a negative person, and I don't want to, you know, sound like I'm spreading alarm or panic. But look, the Word of God is clear that in the last days, there's going to be a global persecution, if you will, and it's already beginning. I mean, it's documented that there's more persecution of Christians around the globe now than ever before in history, as far as the, the entirety of it, all of the nations and the total numbers of people involved. Um, so, so the Bible is clear that these days would come, that they are here. As you and I have talked about on, on your shows before, um, for the first time since the birth of the church, 2020 marked the first year in which the church, since its birth 2,000 years ago, was not able to have in-person services celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ 
all over the planet. There were a few exceptions. My church didn't close. I live in Florida, but most of the churches around me did. But all over the globe, some of them were prohibited by law. And the resur- and Resurrection Sunday is the day that celebrates the defeat, the ultimate defeat of Satan's kingdom. And for the first time since the church was birthed, we have entered into an era where that's not happening. Even this year, it didn't happen in many places. Go ahead. Carl Gallup's the author of The Summoning, Preparing for the Days of Noah, available at Amazon. Also, carlgallups.com. Carl with a C, Gallups, G-A-L-L-U-P-S, carlgallups.com. Carl, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much, Richard. God bless. All right. Hour to await. Stay with us. This is New Sox Saga 960 AM, and this is The Richard Serrett Show. Hey, welcome back. How would you like to begin a new career right now in a booming new pr- uh, field promoting health and wellness? At the Hypno Healing Institute of Toronto, you can become a consulting hypnotist in just 14 weeks. You'll be guided step-by-step through this online course by a registered psychotherapist and award-winning board-certified hypnotherapist, Debbie Papadakis. Debbie's been teaching this certification course for over 20 years. For more information on becoming a consulting hypnotist in just 14 weeks online, go to hypno healing.com hypno-healing.com hypno-healing.com uh, so a couple of weeks ago i interviewed kathy uh, wagenthal the conservative mp who introduced this private members bill uh, to ban sex selective abortion and uh, of course was met with the uh, the predictable derision in the mainstream media a, um, a columnist with the Globe and Mail uh, referred to uh, this uh, as, I guess, an example of the stinking albatross uh, around the uh, the neck of the uh, the conservatives. They have such um, contempt, of course, for social conservatives. And uh, so we're going to speak with uh, the the co-founder of Right Now. He's a, an anti-abortion activist, defender of the uh, the unborn. Scott Hayward, welcome to the program. How are you? Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, my pleasure. So uh, we just have a couple minutes here before we break away, uh, but we'll um, we'll continue to talk after the break. I just wanted to get your uh, your sense of, you know, the chances of this bill going anywhere in our current parliament, this sex selective abortion ban. Well, unfortunately, there probably are not enough pro-life members of parliament in the House of Commons currently to pass the legislation, uh, which is why our organization was founded five years ago. Um, Well, a little over that now. In the 2015 election, there were 80 pro-life members of parliament that had ran for re-election and only 40 got re-elected. So we knew that we kept doing the same things over and over again, the pro-life movement, we weren't going to win. 
Uh, since that time, we've been able to elect uh, at least 70 pro-life members of parliament. So the bill will see more votes come its way in this parliament than last parliament. But we still probably have a few election cycles to go before we get close to passing. But we're well on our way. Um, and this piece of legislation is important. It's an issue that happens in Canada. Um, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of sex-selective abortions, unfortunately, that occur every year. Oh, did we lose? Uh, we dropped uh, out there. Scott, are you with us? We sure, just yeah, dropped we're good. It. We're good yeah. now, yeah. And um, e- even if the bill does not pass, it does give us an indication, uh, both within the Conservative Party of Canada and with other political parties, you know, which members of parliament are on board and uh, which ones we need to replace with pro-life members of parliament in the upcoming election. My understanding is based on the polls that I've seen that uh, most even pro-choice people are would be in support of banning sex selective uh, abortion. And, um, uh, you know, many feminist groups, of course, also on board. So why oh, I'll, I'll leave this as a rhetorical question. We'll, we'll pick this up on the other side. You know, why are, uh, is the mainstream media and our politicians so out of step with ordinary Canadians? This is the question that uh, Scott Hayward uh, posed in a, a recent op ed piece, I guess, with uh, True North. And we'll pick this up on on the other side back with more of the richard serrett show don't go away back to the conversation on the richard serrett show news talk saga 960 a.m hey welcome back scott hayward stays with us the co-founder of right now we're talking about a private member's bill to ban sex selective abortion and uh scott let me just uh, crib here from this uh, globe and mail column uh from conrad yakabuski you also refer to it in your article he writes anti-choice groups claim to be acting in the name of gender equality though their ultimate goal of banning abortion and depriving all women of fundament of a fundamental right shows this claim to be disingenuous and of course the uh, the, the article was entitled Tory MP's bill to ban sex selective abortion is the stinking albatross Aaron O'Toole was warned about. Um, your 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 thoughts on uh, Yakubuski's uh, article? Well, there's a lot of strong words there, and there's a lot of opinions given in uh, Mr. Yakubuski's article without any uh, data to back it up. So, uh, to claim that it's disingenuous for. Uh, Member of Parliament Kathy Wagenthal to bring forward this private members legislation for it to be supported by multiple women in the House of Commons and to be supported by the only female candidate in the last uh, Conservative Party of Canada leadership uh, race, the candidate who won the most amount of votes, though not points on the second ballot. All of these women to claim that they're being disingenuous about protecting and enshrining in law women's rights, particularly when it comes to pre-born girls, I think is the height of hypocrisy and gaslighting. Uh, when it comes to the quote-unquote sticking albatross um, within the Conservative Party of Canada, it's pro-lifers that make up a good number of the volunteers, um, the donors, and most importantly, the voters for the Conservative Party of Canada right across the country. The only time that the Conservative Party of Canada won a majority in its current iteration when it was founded in 2003, was in the 2011 federal election. And that was also the only time, by the way, Richard, and your viewers, of course, across uh, the GTA will know this, that they won a majority of the, well, I don't know about majority of the votes, but they won a majority of the ridings within the GTA, especially the 28 ridings that surround the um, the city of Toronto proper. Um, and ever since that time, the, the party hasn't been able to, to win those back. Um, And one of the big reasons is because in the 2011 election, it was the only time that the Conservative Party of Canada had any sort of pro-life policy. And that's when Stephen Harper promised to defund abortion overseas. Now, 
you know, I'm not obtuse enough to say that that was the only reason why they won the majority of those seats, but I'm also not ignorant enough to say that it wasn't a major reason. So, you know, there's a lot of opinions given in that article with very, very little fact uh, to to back it up. Right. You're right. This is, you know, an issue that the conservative party, the so-called conservative party continues to grapple with what to do with the their uh, social conservative uh, members, which they have great disdain for. uh, And yet they seem to think that if they can somehow, you know, ignore them or jettison from the party, that through the miracle of uh, addition through subtraction, they'll somehow, you know, cobble together a a victory in the next election. But uh, social conservatives, as you say, they tend to be the big donors. They uh, they volunteer the most. Uh, They're very active in the party. They're not going anywhere. Maybe, you know, maybe the red Tories should think about leaving and and joining uh, their their um, the members opposite. Uh, But let me ask you about the getting back to this uh, sex selective abortion. My understanding is, Scott, and you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that aside from North Korea, we're the only jurisdiction in the entire world that allows this. Even communist China has banned the practice. Uh, that's right. Actually, we're the only country besides North Korea that has no law federally or provincially whatsoever to regulate abortion. Uh, it's been that case since 1988. And the interesting thing was in the Morgenthaler case of 1988, it was a 5-2 decision. Only seven of the nine justices of the Supreme Court of Canada ruled on it. And all seven justices said that Parliament has some sort of responsibility to enact some sort of legislation to regulate abortion. In fact, the very first female justice of the Supreme Court of Canada, Madam Justice Bertha Wilson, uh, said that uh, it's absolutely the rights and prerogative of Parliament uh, to to consider the rights of the fetus in legislation at some point during the pregnancy. And since then, Parliament has not responded to the Supreme Court of Canada. So we're in a weird situation in Canada where abortion is neither legal or illegal. It's just very, the law is silent on it. So legally, there's nothing stopping a woman to get an abortion right up to the birthing process. And in this country, late-term abortions do happen, though not super common, they do happen quite rare in, uh, in pregnancy. So, you know, when, when you poll Canadians on these issues, most Canadians are going to say that they're pro-choice. But when you actually ask them about specific policy points, whether it be late-term abortion, sex-selective abortion, pain capability um, abortions, um, the majority of Canadians are on side of this legislation. It's a huge opportunity for the Conservative Party of Canada uh, to win some votes, uh, not only to um, you know entice and to to engage with their uh, a big portion of the party's existing base, but definitely to reach out to uh, Canadians who don't typically vote, particularly within the GTA. We're talking Ridings and Mississauga, Oakville, Brampton, Ajax, Oakville, um, where new uh, Canadian communities, uh, typically religious, so um, Sikhs, Hindus, um, Eastern Catholics, Eastern Orthodox, Oriental Orthodox, that don't typically vote in the last election, which you can see in the data, poll by poll data within the Ridings from the last election. Because no one's really talking about their top issues, which include this. It's they're just votes left on the table. And the longer the Conservative Party of Canada does this, the more opportunity it gives for when the Liberal Party eventually has a new leader and they might change their policy on this. And, you know, it, it could keep the Conservatives out of government for an entire generation. All right, Scott, we'll take another time out. Come back and discuss further. Scott Hayward is co-founder of Right Now. Back with more of the Richard Sarah Show right after this. You're listening to The Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga, 960 AM. 
Scott Hayward stays with us from right now, anti-abortion crusader, defender of the unborn, talking about a private member's bill to ban sex selective abortion, which I think by and large gets the the support of most Canadians, uh, even uh, those who would count themselves among the the pro-choice crowd. And uh, and yet uh, this is uh, unlikely to pass. Uh, certainly Justin Trudeau will not, uh, I, I believe his liberal uh, colleagues will not be allowed a free vote on the issue. And even Aaron O'Toole, the uh, the leader of the Conservative Party, so-called, uh, Scott, is, is on record as saying he will not support uh, such a um, uh, such a bill. Your, your thoughts on Aaron O'Toole? Are you surprised, disappointed? Um, unfortunately, I'm not surprised that uh, he's not voting for it. The interesting thing about Aaron O'Toole and his voting record in the House of Commons as a member of Parliament for almost the last 10 years is that when it comes to the issues of abortion and assisted suicide, thus far, he actually has a 100% pro-life voting record in the House of Commons. So this bill is likely to see a second reading vote sometime toward the end of this month, beginning of June, provided that Parliament doesn't um, dissolve or or, uh, rise before then. And so it'll be interesting to see if he actually follows through on that. Uh, He probably will, and it'll be unfortunate that he smirches his otherwise uh, perfect pro-life voting record. But it is party policy. It is within the uh, party policy declaration of the Conservative Party of Canada. It's been in there for almost 10 years. It's supported by a vast majority of uh, members of the party, voters of the party. It's actually supported by a majority of uh, 2019 voters, according to our polling back in in the autumn, Uh, for the Liberal Party of Canada. In fact, 61% of those who voted for the Bloc Québécois in 2019 said that they would be more likely, more likely to vote for a political party that promised to legally restrict sex-selective abortion. So if you're trying to win votes in Quebec, if you're trying to win votes in Ontario, particularly in the GTA, and if you're trying to win votes among women, and the same poll said that 47% of women ages 18 to 34 would be more likely to vote for a political party that promised to restrict, uh, legally restrict sex selective abortion compared to 6% who said they'd be less likely to do so. I mean, these these are all constituencies that the Conservative Party Canada needs in their voter universe in order to win a majority government. And this bill, which is just an innately good bill, is also a great political opportunity for them. And Aaron O'Toole and the leadership team is just leaving it votes on the table on this issue. So... Um, it's really disappointing to see. It's very frustrating. Um, but, you know, leaders come and leaders go. And we're focused on the fight going forward every election cycle. Well, they read the same polls, surely, that, that you and I do, uh, Scott. W- what is the thinking here? Uh, are they afraid of the, the blowback from the, uh, uh, the extreme left in the mainstream media? People like Jakubowski? Well, you know, it's interesting because there are different uh, um you know, writers out there um, in the mainstream media that do talk about this, that have talked about it in the past um, and saying that is an issue is an issue that should in some way be addressed by Parliament, whether it's through regulation provincially or legislation provincially or federally, uh, it does need to be addressed. So even even amongst um, the commentariat, if you want to call it that, within the mainstream media, you do find some support. You find some support amongst people, like you said, that identify as pro-choice. You find support um, in in areas that you might not think of. You know, a lot of people think of pro-lifers as you know just these radical Christians, but you know, in this country, only twenty percent of uh, Canadians go to religious services every week, provided you know we don't have COVID nineteen restrictions. Um, yet 84% of Canadians support this legislation. So where do the other 64% come from? Well, you have United Sikhs of Canada 
um, that are supporting this legislation. You have the uh, Vedic Hindu Society of BC supporting this legislation. So in terms of why uh, Aaron O'Toole and the leadership team is not supporting this legislation, I don't know if it's because they don't know how to talk about abortion in a reasonable and popular fashion, even though we have reached out to him and his leadership team ever since he ran for the leadership uh, over a year ago to, to help him out on this. Um, I, I don't know if it's just an admittance of the people who have worked for many years, sometimes in some cases decades, within Party HQ, the Conservative Party of Canada, and the Office of the Leader of the Opposition, that have to admit that their advice for the last you know, 10, 20, 30 years has been completely and utterly wrong, uh, which would probably be a very big pill to swallow. I, I don't know what it is. Um, but it's not sustainable. And, um, you know, the party membership uh, is not going to be supportive of this uh, going forward for very much longer, I don't think. Like something needs to move. We need to have as a party, the party needs to have some sort of reasonable policy on abortion. And um, until that happens, we're just not going to be in contention for government as a political party. Well, don't you think that the the, the uh, pro-life contingent in within the conservative party the, the grassroots members have been used by the conservative party they they are used you know they they, they take your money um you show up you 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 vote for at the policy convention but nothing changes it's all about raising money because unless you change i guess the constitution of the party which you know would would force Aaron O'Toole as you say this is party policy but he's in charge as he's made quite clear nothing is ever going to change uh, so, you know, um, don't you feel that you're being used and abused uh, by the party? And and by extension, are there some maybe even pro-life organizers that are that are using and abusing the, the grassroots by by taking their money, but not really going after the change that needs to be made? And that's at the not at the policy convention, but at the constitutional convention or at the um, constitutional level. You could probably say yes on both of those cases, like that people would feel that way. I don't know if it's true in either of those cases. Um, you know, we one thing I'll say is for the last 45 years, um, the, the pro-life movement has not in this country has not been all that effective and intelligent and efficient when engaging in politics. And in the last five years since our organization was founded, we've been able to add an extra 150 pro-life politicians to various legislatures across this country, net. So we're, we're moving forward and it's a process and it's going to take time. And it's it's about engaging uh, pro-lifers within the grassroots of not just the Conservative Party of Canada, but other political parties going forward to ensure that they're taking their rightful place. They're taking their rightful place okay. um, uh, in the EDAs and in the National Council and eventually in the leadership of these political parties. All right, Scott, you've got to run, but thank you so much for your time. I hope we'll speak again. Scott Hayward from Right Now. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Richard. Have a great day. All right. Okay, all you wordsmiths, get ready. And now, your Limb Riddler answer and this week's winners. All right. So let me give you a quick recap of uh, this week's limb riddle. Emily's etiquette wasn't surpassed in UK elections. It's first to get passed. Uh, record an ac- uh, the mailbox mount. Record an account. Uh, I'm sorry, I've lost. <laughs> sorry, I lost the last clue. Anyway, the answer uh, to this week's limb riddle is post. Post. And the first five to answer correctly were Steve Rosen of Toronto, 
Mary Ellen Moran of Toronto, Rob McDonald of Gravenhurst, and Philip Vlahoyanis from Montreal, and Terry Preston from Toronto. Congratulations, all. Be sure to be listening next Friday, uh, uh, just before the news at five, when the Lim Riddler drops by again for next week's Lim Riddle Clues. All right, that's it for me. Thanks to Jody and Brandon. Back tomorrow with Lou, the irascible but lovable one. Uh, also, sorry, but not back tomorrow. That's uh, back Monday. <laughs> uh, we'll also have our family, uh, our small town family physician and lover of freedom, Dr. Patrick Phillips, and uh, much more. The Bob McCowan Show is next after the news. See you Monday at four. Don't be late. Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent, unbroken. it that's all for more richard serrett show podcasts blogs and other stuff go to saga 960am.ca stop talking past each other and start talking with each other we'll see you tomorrow afternoon at four on the richard serrett show on news talk saga 960am are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for african-americans do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy.